And please can the rest of us turn to Second Corinthians and chapter nine. And verse, uh, and verse 8, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8. This is found on page 1150 in the Church Bibles if you wish to uh, follow. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound to you. So that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it is written. He has distributed freely. He has given to the poor his righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others. While they long for you, and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you. Well, keep your Bible open and let's pray and ask God to help us as we consider his word now. Oh Lord God, we thank you for this opportunity that we have uh, this morning uh, to consider your word. And we thank you that your word speaks about how you provide and we pray, Lord, that you will indeed provide for us now. Please, will you provide for me to help me to be able to, to preach your word and to be helpful to everybody who's here. And Lord, please, would you provide for everybody who's gathered here to provide us with strength and mental power and the ability to communicate, to, to listen and to concentrate. And would you please provide your spirit to uh, to enable us to benefit from your word so that we might know you in our lives and serve you as we should. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
this uh, passage speaks to us about how God will generously provide for us to enable us to be generous to others. The context is that the Apostle Paul has been encouraging the believers in Corinth to contribute generously to the gift that he was putting together for the church in Jerusalem. And the Apostle has been encouraging them to, to, to come forward with the, with the gift that they had promised earlier. But at the same time, he's not wanting to put them under any pressure. He's wanting them to be completely free in what they give. So um, uh, he says uh, in verse 5 that um, he wants the gift to be a willing gift and not an exaction. Uh, and uh, he wants them... Uh, to give gladly and cheerfully. And uh, he said in verse 7 of chapter 9, each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So um, it's not that giving is a tax that you have to pay and you know it's extracted from you. No. We should gladly and freely give, uh, not because anybody's telling us to do so, but because we want to give. Uh, We should be those who give cheerfully and gladly. And we were thinking last time about uh, what it is that makes a Christian a cheerful giver. And uh, we were thinking about how, how we're cheerful as givers because a Christian will realize that that God has done so much for him. And he wants to show his love to God uh, in response by giving. Also, a Christian will want to give because the people to whom he is giving, he knows these are the saints. These are the Lord's holy people, his children. And he realizes the great privilege of giving. Also, uh, he will want to give Because he knows that as he sows, so he will reap. Um, Verse 6, the point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, but whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So as we generously give, so we will also receive. And we also uh, noted that... that, um, a, a, a true believer will be a cheerful giver. He'll be glad to give because he knows that as he gives, so he is storing up treasure in heaven. He is, as it were, accumulating his, if you like, his heavenly pension, building up a big, big fund in heaven uh, to enjoy uh, when, when he dies and goes to be with the Lord. Well, the verses that we're thinking about this, this morning... Uh, are really a sort of an amplification of that verse, verse 7, that I mentioned just now. Uh, that, um, sorry, the verse 6 that I mentioned now, that, that, um, that whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. And they speak further about how uh, God 
uh, is able and willing to generously provide for his people. So that as we give, on the one hand, so God gives to us, as it were, on the other hand. And so there is this, this supply coming from God. God generously and abundantly provides for us so that we are enabled and empowered uh, to be able to give to others. Now, um, this, these, this passage has enormous implications for us. Uh, of course, it has implications for us in terms of, of our practical financial giving, and it will encourage us to give, uh, to give generously and sacrificially to others because uh, there is this promise that as we do so, God will provide for us. But there's more than that as well. Because this is talking about how God will provide all that we need for our whole Christian life. It's not just in terms of one particular area, which is the area of, of our financial giving. But this is talking about how the Lord will generously provide for us to enable us to serve him in every area of our lives. And so I do hope that if you are a Christian already, you will, be, you will listen carefully and you will be encouraged by what we consider this morning. And I do hope and pray that if anybody is here who's not yet a Christian, the Lord will use this to move you to come to Christ and to receive his salvation. Now, as we think about this passage, I think we can break it into four, four sections. They, they all tie up together, but, but I think uh, we can see uh, three, four different sort of like uh, aspects of this. First of all, that God is the powerful God who is able to provide for us. Uh, verse 8. Uh, then, secondly, that uh, the true believer is enabled by God to be generous. Verse 9. And then, uh, thirdly, that uh, uh, God uh, uh, provides uh, and, and, and for us so that we, 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 we are able to, to give and, and to do all that we need to do as Christians. Uh, verse 10 and verse 11. And then fourthly, we see how as we are generous, this produces good results in others. So uh, let's think about these things together. First of all then, God has vast resources available uh, to which he, which he is able to share with his people. Verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times 
you may abound in every good work. Now that's a wonderful verse, isn't it? It's a verse, verse that's really worth meditating on and, if you can, committing it to memory. What a wonderful uh, description of God that you have in there. God able to make all gra- grace abound to his people so that having all sufficiency in all things, we may abound in every good work. Our God is the all-sufficient God. God has abounding resources. Let me sketch for you some of the ways in which God is so rich and so able to provide for his people. Let me mention some of the the great things that he's made available to us. First of all, just think about the fact that God is the creator God. He made this whole world. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. He says in one of the Psalms, Psalm 50, that that he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. All the resources of this world belong to God. He's the creator God. Think also about how God is the one who is the sovereign God. These great resources that there are, God directs exactly as he plans. God can put in different people's minds the the, the desire to do particular things. Many people testify, many believers testify about how, how they have had a particular need. They've not mentioned it to anybody. But somebody miles away put in their heart on that particular day to write a check and send them that check. And their need was provided. How does that happen? Well, because God is ruling over different things. And he, 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 he puts different desires in different people's hearts to cause these things to happen. Then think also about spiritually the vast supply of God's grace to us for the forgiveness of sins. The Lord Jesus shed his blood on the cross. And when he, opened, when he died on that cross, a supply was opened up to meet all of the needs of the Lord's people to be forgiven. There is no sin that one of the Lord's sheep has committed that does not have a payment in the Lord Jesus Christ. What he has done is sufficient to pay for all of our sins and to provide uh, grace to help us in our time of need. Paul says in Romans 5 verse 20, where sin increased, grace increased all the more. We sing that hymn, don't we? Uh, There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. Here is a constant supply of grace, forgiveness, love flowing to us day after day after day after day 
We fail so often, but the Lord's grace never runs out. Then think also about the, the vastness of God's love. Paul talks in, in Ephesians 3, he, he prays that the believers might know the, what is the breadth, the length, the height, the depth of the love of God, that they might know the love that surpasses knowledge, that they might be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. This vast love, this enormous love, is made available to you and to me. We who are believers, we are, we are uh, bathing in this enormous ocean of the love of God. And in that love we find strength to help us in our need. Consider also the, the greatness of the word of God. Paul said, Peter says, writes in his, in his um, second letter, ch- uh, chapter 1, verse 3, he says, His divine power, God's divine power, has granted us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through our knowledge of him who called us by his own, called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he's granted us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. In this book, we have treasure after treasure after treasure of instruction about God, promises, things to help us, godly examples. Here are the resources that we need to help us in our Christian lives. Think also about the gift of the Holy Spirit. Paul says in Ephesians 1 verse 18 that, that, that he prays that the believers might know what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe. According to the working of his, of his great might when, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is living in you if you are a Christian. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You might think, oh, I don't know how I can overcome the devil. I don't know how I can overcome temptation. Well, you have the mighty Spirit of God living inside you. And then consider also the tremendous resource of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. What a tremendous thing to be part of the body of Christ and to have brothers and sisters to help us and to strengthen us and to encourage us in our Christian lives. And what a great thing to have all of our forefathers before us and to have access to many great books and wonderful things that they've written in the past. And so we see that God has these huge resources which, which he has made available to us, his people. Let me read that verse again. Uh, verse 8. God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times you may abound in every good work you've got what you need to live the Christian life and not just to sort of scrape along 
Not just to sort of stagger, you know, through the Christian life. No. God has given us uh, what we need. He, he's, he's able to make all grace abound to us, so having all sufficiency. At all times, we may abound in every good work. Abound. Now, uh, let's apply this. Well, obviously it's the context, the immediate context is that it applies to financial giving. God, has, God, God, is able to, God, God can give us this grace to enable us to abound in financial giving. Not just to sort of just do the odd token little gift, but to abound in giving. Uh, but he, he gives us grace. He's able to give us grace so that we can abound in, in, in other forms of service as well. Perhaps you are in a difficult relationship in your family. And you feel like you're being constantly tested, constantly tempted and, and uh, tried. And you feel like to yourself, I feel like I'm going to snap. I feel like I can't take it anymore. Wow, the Lord. He's able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficient in all things, in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. You may abound in patience. Abound in kindness. Look to him. Provide, look to him to provide for you. Or perhaps uh, there is some temptation that you're in. You're really struggling. Perhaps you, you, you're tempted to, to go off in some wrong direction. Well, God is able to... Make all grace abound to you in that temptation. So that having all sufficiency in all things, you may abound in every good work. Or perhaps you've got suffering, very great suffering that goes on and on and on. And, and you feel, I, I don't know that I can take any more suffering. It seems like it's just a never-ending grind and one thing goes wrong and then another thing goes wrong and then another thing goes wrong. I don't know how I can continue. Hear this promise again. God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times you may abound in every good work. So here is this this wonderful promise that our God is able to provide for us. Now, next thing, uh, we then see how um, those who trust in Christ... Uh, should use what God provides for them in order to be generous. Verse 9. As it is written, he is distributed freely, he is given to the poor, and his righteousness endures forever. Now you might think when you read that verse that that is talking about God. That God has distributed freely and he's given to the poor and his righteousness endures forever actually when you go back to the original psalm it's about the righteous man let's turn back to it's psalm 112 it's quotation from and uh, if you want to follow it's on page 603 
And this is talking about how the righteous person, the man who fears the Lord, is blessed uh, by God. Psalm 112, praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. His offspring will be mighty in the land. His, the generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Light dawns in the darkness for the upright. He is gracious and merciful and righteous. It is well with the man who deals generously and lends, who conducts his affairs with justice. For the righteous will never be moved. He will be remembered forever. He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting the Lord. His heart is steady. He will not be afraid until he looks in triumph on his enemies. He is distributed freely. He is given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn is exalted in honor. The wicked man sees it and is angry. He gnashes his teeth and melts away. The desire of the wicked will perish. So this is talking about the the, the blessing that the righteous person has and the, the security that he enjoys and, and, and how God provides for him. Now, we might say, how are we to interpret this? Particularly like when it says, verse 3, wealth and riches are in his house. Is this saying that everybody who serves Christ is going to be wealthy? And that those who are poor are somehow disobedient Christians? Well, we know that's not the case because uh, we know that Jesus himself was poor and the Apostle Paul was poor. Um, I think the way to understand it is that what this is doing, is a bit like the book of Proverbs. For those of us who've been at our winter week meeting, we've been going through Proverbs and we've, we've seen a number of verses which talk about how the righteous person or the wise person uh, will, will have wealth. How do we interpret that? Well, I think the way to understand it is this, that the person who loves the Lord and who puts the Bible into practice, who by the Holy Spirit lives a righteous life, well, that person is going to be relatively well off because he's not going to gamble his money away. He's not going to spend all his money on, on drink. He's not going to visit prostitutes. He's not going to get divorced, and, which is extremely expensive. Um, he's, he's going to uh, not, not spend his money on drugs. But he, instead, what he will be doing, he'll be working hard. Uh, no doubt because he works hard and works honestly, he's likely to get promoted by his, his workplace. he probably sat, spend his money sensibly and so perhaps get, get a few savings together. And so, generally speaking, the man who, or woman, who seeks to apply the word of God will be better off than he or she might otherwise have been. Whereas somebody who is lazy, who gambles, who, who gets friends lots of, he's constantly getting drunk, who takes drugs, well, that person is going to likely, and is very lazy, that person's likely to be to become poor. So all things being equal, uh, 
there is a blessing that can be a blessing from uh, from from serving God, and this is this is where, as I, as I as I've warned before, or as I said before, the the, the prosperity gospel that I that we warn against, there is an element of truth to it that 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 serving the Lord is beneficial for people, even at the human level. But what this psalm says is that the righteous person doesn't just accumulate and think, right, I'm just going to get richer and richer and richer. No. As that person is blessed financially, he will also be generous and kind. So, um, verse 5. It is well with a man who deals generously and lends. Who conducts his affairs with justice. He doesn't cut corners. He doesn't, he doesn't cheat people. He, he's fair and he's kind and he's generous with what he has. And then verse 9, this verse that's quoted in the New Testament in, in 2 Corinthians. He is distributed freely. He is given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now let me just ask you this. Are you honest in your dealings? Are you paying all your taxes? Are you cheating the government by claiming income support and then working on the side for cash and not declaring your income? You shouldn't do that as a Christian. Be honest in your dealings. And be kind, be generous, give freely. Give gladly. So there's the second thing then. Those who trust in the Lord uh, are provided for by God, but that's so that they can be generous to others. Now then thirdly, as we are generous, God will enable us to be more generous. Let's go back now to 2 Corinthians and chapter chapter 9. So now we're looking at verses 10 and 11. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way. So we see here how there is this promise that as we are generous to others, God will be generous with us. The same God who provides seed for the sower and bread for food. In other words, that same God that enables agriculture to happen and he provides rain in the winter and sun, sun in the summer and he enables the crops to grow. That same God who, who causes uh, what people sow to lead to them reaping, that same God will also supply and multiply your seed for sowing. Now that's talking about the spiritual blessings that you have and increase the harvest of 
your righteousness. You'll be, verse 11, you'll be enriched in every way to be generous in every way. Now, you'll be enriched materially to enable you to be generous materially, but also you'll be enriched spiritually. God will provide. He will teach you from his word so that you can feed and instruct other people. He will encourage you with the knowledge of his love so that you can encourage others in the knowledge of the love of God. So God is the great provider. He provides for his people. Sometimes we perhaps are a bit worried about giving because we think, well, if I give something, what's going to happen? I might go short. But here is this promise that as we give, so the Lord will provide. And this is something which we learn in so many places in the Bible. Think about Abraham. Remember Abraham? The story in Genesis chapter 22, you remember that? How God told Abraham to go and offer his son Isaac on the altar. His precious son, the one that that he'd been waiting for so long. Now God says go and offer this son. And so they set off with with the servant and they've got they've got and, and on the way the boy says to his father, Dad, you've got the wood, you've got the fire, you know, the, the means to make the fire, but where's the sacrifice? And Abraham says in Genesis twenty two verse eight God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. Well, they get to the place and he lays out the the, the, the wood and everything else and he's just about to kill Abraham, uh, Isaac. And then there's a voice from heaven, stop, don't lay your hand on him. And then he looks up and he sees a ram caught by its horns. In the thicket. And he offers that ram instead. Just as he'd said to his son, the Lord had provided, just at length of time. And so he called that place Jehovah Jireh. That's where that came from in that song that we sang. Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. Think about how God provided water. Uh, for the desert, in the desert, for the people of Israel, and the way he provided bread for them. Think about how God provided for Elijah in the desert and for the widow of Zarephath, who was, who was, who, who was with, with him. Think about how God provided for the disciples and for Jesus. And this is what Jesus taught himself, wasn't it? We read earlier in Matthew chapter 6, how Jesus says that we shouldn't worry about our food, we shouldn't worry about our clothing, because God will provide. He said as regards food in verse 26, look at the, ra- look at the birds of the air, they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more va- of value than they? And then as regards clothing, he says, And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. 
Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? God is the provider. As we give, he will provide what we need. Remember what Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. He also said, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be forced into your lap. God is that provider who gives to us. And Paul writes also in Philippians chapter 4 verse 19. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. God will provide for your needs. He won't won't provide necessarily all you'd like to have. But he will provide for your needs according to his riches in glory. So we see then that that what is his teaching is that God, God provides and he gives us what we need to enable us to be generous. Generous with our money, but also generous with our time, generous with our strength, generous with our prayers, generous with our concern, our love. As we give, so also the Lord provides for us. And then the fourth thing we see is how the generosity of God's people result leads to good results in those who receive. We now go to verses 11 to 14 of 2 Corinthians chapter 9. This is page 1150 if anybody's lost your way. He says, You'll be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. The ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others. While they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you. Thanks be to God for this inexpressible gift. So we see that there are good results which flow for those who receive blessing. As we give, as we are empowered and enabled by God to give to others, so they also are blessed. Their needs are, prov- are provided for, as he says there in verse 12, supplying, supplying their needs. But not only are their needs supplied, but also they, they are blessed spiritually. They, uh, they become those who are, who are full of thanksgiving. Uh, it produced thanksgiving to God. This verse eleven, what they do is resulting is is overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. So there's 
there is the benefit of, of them being, becoming a thankful people. It also leads them to glorify God in their lives. Verse 13. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God. As they serve God and as they put his word into practice, so uh, they, they bring glory uh, to God. It also leads to them having love for those who give. Verse 14. They long for you. And it will also lead to them praying for those who give. Verse 14 as well. They pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you. So here then are these four things that we've seen from this passage. First of all, God has vast resources. God is able to make all grace abound to his people. So that having all sufficient of all things, they can abound in every good work verse 8 secondly those who are the lords are in, enriched by god to enable them to be generous to others uh, verse 9 thirdly as we are generous to others so the lord will provide more to enable us to all the more be generous. Uh, verse 10 and 11. And as we are generous, so those who receive are also blessed and caused to be thankful to God and caused uh, to be loving and prayerful. So, you know, we hear a lot in the world, don't we, about vicious circles. You know, somebody does a bad thing that leads to a bad result, which leads to a further bad result, which leads to further... Well, this is a virtuous circle. You honour the Lord and you're unable to... And, and you trust God and you, you're generous and that leads to God being generous with you, which leads to you being more generous, which leads to God being more generous to you. And, and there's a virtuous circle and that brings others into that into that blessing and others receive from us and they are enabled to know God and serve God better. And so more and more and more good comes as, as we learn by God's grace uh, to follow this path of generosity. Well, uh, may God write his word upon us and may we be given grace by him to believe him let me just ask as, as we finished, do you know Christ as your own saviour? You see, if what I've talked about this morning is only possible if you are a true Christian. Is Jesus your saviour? Have you come to him? If not, I urge you to do so. Jesus had made, has made that sacrifice on the sin, uh, uh, for, for sins on the cross. Come to him. Trust in him. Admit you're a sinner and look to him for his forgiveness. And if you are a Christian, I'd say to you, have you yet embarked on this adventure of giving? Maybe you've done a little bit of giving up to now, but maybe you've not really seriously got into giving. Well, I 
encourage you to, to launch out. Step out by faith. Believe that as you give, God will provide for you. And I'd also say to us, let's trust God for his help in other areas as well. In temptation, in loving other people, and persevering in faith. Look to him to be that provider who will help us as we serve him. Well, let's uh, sing our final hymn, which is about the, this vast love of God, which we talked about um, in, 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 in this talk. 325, oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus, vast, unmeasured, boundless 